0: Welcome to Grow Her Women Worth and Work, where we're sharing experiences on the real triumphs and challenges women face in the workforce and empowering women with relatable stories from some really amazing everyday people. We're your hosts, Angela Priest and Runa Knapp, and today we have an amazing guest with us, Matt Warda. Matt's the Managing Director at Bow River Capital and a former founder of a company that was recognized for its gender diversity. In this episode, we'll explore how Matt has championed gender diversity throughout his career and the benefits of gender diversity to company performance. So Matt, thanks for joining us today. It's great to have you on as a guest.
1: Well, thank you, Angela. It's great to be here with you and uh, to see you and uh, speak with you today. And Rune, it's nice to be with uh, you as well.
0: So Matt, you've been an advocate of gender diversity in leadership positions for many years. Um, So tell us a little bit about your background and how your views on gender equity were shaped.
1: Yeah, it probably makes sense to start with how they got uh, shaped, I I think. And uh, you know, like like most things in, in life, your your parents have a pretty profound impact on you for uh, for better or worse. <laughs> and uh, fortunately, uh, for in my case, it was it was for the better. you know, I, I think as I think about my dad and and I think about my stepmom, uh, who are still married uh, many many years uh, later. Um, they uh, they just had a really great relationship. They had a very respectful uh, relationship. They had a, a very loving uh, relationship, and it was a it was a true partnership. And so, I think you know seeing that that model uh, from a very early age, I'm I'm sure lasted with me. And then uh, I also uh, my my father-in-law, my mother-in-law had a very similar relationship. So. It just seemed very natural that you know uh, you would have a uh, equal partnership with uh with your, your spouse and uh and so i think that helped a lot and then you know i've uh i've been fortunate that i've always had a lot of strong women uh surrounding me uh, throughout my life and uh throughout my career and I think about my mom, who uh, has always been on the cutting edge of things, whether it relates to technology or other kind of progressive uh, issues out out there, and she uh, and I really respect her for that. And, you know, still uh, in her 70s, uh, she's like that. So uh, i I saw that from her uh, my stepmom was always a very strong woman still is and uh didn't suffer fools whether you're a man or a woman so i I saw that uh, I saw her model that I had two uh twins uh, stepsisters who uh would keep me in my place if I needed it uh, but also uh were very good at uh protecting me uh and uh, supporting me when when I needed it and then you know my wife i think has a lot to do with it as as well she definitely keeps me in my place uh, but you know for those that, that know us uh they they also know that she is uh probably twice as capable as me in, in many things so anyway i've just had a lot of great women in my life and that that's not even to speak of uh my work experience where you know uh, uh as you know angela I, I i really work for women you know i was the ceo <laughs> of the company but I was fortunate to have a lot of great women that that worked at Gut Check and uh, uh collaborated on a lot of a lot of great work that we did there. And so I think that, you know, that foundation uh for me kind of really shaped how I, I think about uh things from a um a gender diversity uh perspective. And then, you know, I would say uh Really, kind of how I came onto it in the workplace was really out of necessity. Like any any good uh, good entrepreneur, you know you you start a you start a company and there's uh, a lot of uh, you know a lot in in front of the, you a lot of challenges in front of you and you know I don't think I really thought about it as diversity in the beginning as much as I need the best people around me to get accomplished what I need to get accomplished. And I, I, you know, like uh, like most entrepreneurs, I, I failed my way into that. Uh, you know, I remember kind of in the early days that I was not making uh, great hires, and uh, I had a conversation with a friend of mine who had uh, run a company and scaled up his company, and he just really taught me the importance of hiring for values and having consistent values in the workplace. And uh, I think that's one thing that we did an exceptional job of at Gut Check is really thinking about the values uh, that we wanted in the, the, the company, the culture that we wanted in the company. And then I think we were quite deliberate, deliberate about uh, interviewing for those values, uh, hiring for those values, and then performance managing uh, to them. And the, the outcome of that was we hired the right people. And I don't think we really have ever thought about it as, well, you know, is this person a man or woman? What's their race? What's their sexuality or anything like that? We just were hiring for the, the best talent possible. And I, I think that's the um, you know, there's a lot said on this topic today, but I, I think when you you boil it down to what matters, it's just hiring the very best people. And if you if you have that uh, that bias and uh, you go that route, I think you're going to end up with a diverse workforce.
0: Yeah, I think you bring up something really interesting, Matt, because there's, I think, a lot of entrepreneurs or people working through companies, they work through these cycles of, you know, success and failure, and some do really well at learning from those successes and learning from those um, uh, failures, and others just don't, and you kind of see the company have a different result Um, so like, how have you seen that level of diversity and kind of hiring for the people and the quality of the person over kind of these different characteristics? Like, how have you seen that affect company performance?
1: Yeah, well, you you know, the, the, uh, you know, the funny thing was when I had that realization that I was talking about, I, I think we were all dudes at the time. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. we're not we're not operating like I, I, I'd like to. But it, it, that's that's my more of kind of a retrospective. But, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, it's hard for me to say on that, that Angela, just because, you know, we always had that bias uh, since day one that we're going to hire the the best people possible. And, you know, I think what what happened is that we did and we had a, a disproportional amount of women working at Gut Check and we also had a management team that was especially relative to the kind of the benchmark at the time, you know, uh, over indexed toward toward women on the management team. And all I can say is kind of empirically, you know, our results there were quite good, I think, uh, you know, for for a long stretch of time and <laughs> given you know, most uh, companies don't get, get past, you know, the starting point and we got, you know, past, you know, 20 million in revenue, which is a uh, rarefied error in, you know, the uh, uh, the startup world. I, I think by, by definition that that worked quite well for us. And I have no doubt in my mind that if uh, I would have uh, gone down a different path and you know, not not been into hiring the best people and not having that diversity then not that would not have happened. I know it wouldn't have. Uh, but I can't uh, I can't really kind of speak to kind of a you know kind of an a b test here where you know uh, it was uh not diverse and then it was diverse and the the difference between the two.
2: Do you feel that maybe did some of that help with retention, like having that diverse team, um, you know, whether intentional or not, did it help with retention of those folks that did fit in that class?
1: Yeah, I, I think I think it did. I mean, in the in the, the core of it was uh, again, I, I fall back to the values. You know, the, the values and the culture of a company are so important. And and as I like to talk about it, it it's really kind of the operating system by which people know what to expect day to day in terms of you know the behaviors that are uh, the, that are acceptable, the behaviors that are not. And just how they need to show up in the the workplace uh, from day to day, and I think because we were so religious of, about that, uh, uh, and we, you know, like I said, performance managed against it, then I I do think it helped with the retention because nobody wants a random walk, right? Especially when you're in the you're spending time away from your friends and family in the workplace and working, you know, forty plus hours a week, you don't want anything volatile, you don't want a lot of friction. <laughs> want to know what to expect every day and I I think you know going back to those values uh and being very cognizant of it we were able to to retain people I will tell you that the other thing that uh that we did and I'm not going to say we're perfect here but but I think when times got tough we we stuck to the values and uh, we let them be our guide, and, and on this this topic of, of diversity and creating an environment where it can uh, flourish and be be healthy, we had uh, we got I think the the high point of our employee base uh, at Gut Check was uh, around 145, 150 people at some point, and you're going to make some bad hires <laughs> when you get you get to that that level. You're going to make some mistakes. And we had, uh, I remember a time or two that uh, I think if we just dis- discussed the kind of fact pattern here, we would all agree there was se- sexual harassment. And when the person that brought it to my uh, attention, uh, brought this episode to my, my attention, and she showed me uh, the fact pattern for it, uh, it took us, I, I don't even think it took us 10 seconds to make a decision that we we're going to remove this individual. and And it was... You know, it wasn't a diversity discussion. It was, hey, one of our values is trust and respect, right? Okay, well, this obviously violated that, that, uh, that value big time and along with a couple of others. And if we're going to uh, uh, have a culture uh, that that is durable over time. We've got to we got to you know make these uh, tough decisions, and and we we made that decision again within seconds, and we exited that person uh, within that day. And I think what that said to everybody is we care about this, right? And we are going to operate this way. And and I think because when you do things like that, you're going to have a a, a safe environment uh, for where not only your values uh, can flourish, but also diversity can flourish as well.
2: That's great. I feel like that's so important. And I love that you guys had such an emphasis on culture and values because a lot of what we do in our recruiting space is having to sell the company. And so the biggest point we have to sell is like a job's a job. You're good. You're fit. You're qualified. You can do the job. But more importantly, is is it a fit for you? And it's so much easier for us to get the right people in when I don't have to sell the company, (laughs) when they come, you know, with so much to offer. Um, and you know, because of like, you know, what you just walked through with how you dealt with that employee or whatever it may be, you built a culture, you built a very respectable culture, culture, and that's how it really helps you get that right talent in as well.
1: Yeah, 100%. And, you know, I think the, uh, in the age of uh, Glassdoor in in particular, that that really matters because people are quite vocal (laughs) for better or worse on on that, that platform. And, uh, you know, I think the smart candidates can kind of read through it and can kind of pick up what's reality and not. But, yeah, if you're uh, it, it, this, there's it's a huge era of accountability in in that regard. And so I think, uh, you know, practicing what you, you preach is incredibly important to uh, attracting uh, candidates and retaining them.
0: Yeah, I think, and it, I think what, a lot of what that comes back is to is safety. And I think what you're talking about, Matt, is kind of living, really living those values and saying, okay, if we recognize that something is not aligned with that, we have to kind of deal with that quickly and swiftly. How do you think kind of the alignment in those values actually helped you accelerate that decision-making so when something was out of sync, you can, could address it quickly?
1: Uh, yeah, I think it's everything. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm a pretty simple guy uh, from from Kansas, and so you know, having having uh, handy rubrics, having uh, you know a, a strategy that that's clear, um, having values, you know, that's the only way to to run a run a business because you have to have. Uh, these things again where uh, to the the person that's working there, they don't see it as a random walk and they're not uh, confused every day by the decisions that executives are, are making or the behaviors executives ma- and managers are making. And the reason they're not confused, well, th- in environments where they're not confused, I would argue there's a solid strategy in place that everybody's aligned around. There's a solid culture in place that's everybody everybody's aligned around and the systems and processes underneath that support them. It's just being that intentional about things. And if you are that intentional about things, decision-making becomes very easy.
0: Yeah. And what do you think, so, you know, a lot of companies out there, One certainly one of the things that I'm running to as I go about building my business is there's just kind of this lack of female leaders. So I think what you built at Gut Check is more an exception than a norm when it comes to gender equity and gender diversity. What do you think some of the barriers or challenges um, are that companies have in kind of getting to better gender parity?
1: Yeah, I I think it's a great question. And, and, you know, there's some very real uh, barriers in certain situations, right? If you're, uh, you you know, if you're a a software company, a SaaS company, right, and you're you're scaling like crazy, adding a a bunch of people, and therefore uh, likely a lot of engineers, you're constrained by the fact that only you know probably 25% of those graduating with CS degrees are women right you know there's you're you're just limited by that and if you're going to continue to scale um you know you, you've got uh, math against you so you've gotta you've got to certainly try harder I think that's one very real barrier and in my case Uh, you know if you think about both of the the organizations I've run uh, gut check included were marketing centric organizations there's more women uh, graduating with marketing degrees than engineering so I had I had uh, I believe an easier task uh, than than most people in, in, in terms of creating that diversity so I think that's a real barrier that that needs to be overcome and you know everybody needs to be kind of wide eyes wide open about that I think the other Barrier is uh is more problematic. And that is uh that if you just come on to this uh diversity and inclusion thing, you know, you're you're behind. And you know, I, I think uh you know, I I I'm proud that we were ahead of it. I, you know, I don't know, it doesn't seem like when I started the company, Angela, or when you and I worked together that. Uh, D and I was uh, as prominent as, as it is now and so we were ahead of the curve right but but even even then you know well I'll, I'll go back to the barrier and then then I'll talk talk about another uh, anecdote I'd say in terms of you know how you can um, and how we how we dealt with it and I, I think it got better over time but I, I think about uh, a situation in, in this labor market where we've got such a tight labor market and really great uh, exceptional candidates can still have their pick. I know there's some squirreliness in the, the economy and whatnot, but we still have very low um, unemployment and good candidates will uh, be able to do what they want to do. If I'm a woman and uh, I'm doing my diligence on a company that that I'm thinking about applying to or I'm interviewing at and The entire executive team is males. You know, what would you guys do?
0: Yeah, it's a huge turnoff because it's how much are you going to value what I have to say when you clearly, I mean, I think there are so many organizations where you can walk into and you can actually see the glass ceiling. So you'll have strong female representation up to a certain point in the organization and then you kind of see it, It just it just dissipates. It's gone. And it makes it really unattractive because I think the qualities that women bring to the table are in some cases different. You know, there's studies that show that the emotional intelligence that gets brought into companies by having female leaders at the executive level is above and beyond what you have on purely male leadership teams. And so if I'm to come into an organization and be able to be authentic in who I am, it's going to be very difficult for me to do that if I'm the first entering that that space.
1: 100%. 100%. I mean, we all want to go somewhere where we feel comfortable and we we believe we can be ourselves and be our best selves in in the workplace and so I I think I think that's a, a big uh barrier and you know for for those individuals uh there's a lot of catching up uh to do and so uh I you know that's that's a that's a barrier that I I think is you know uh I it's probably not uncommon out there yeah, still and
2: I, I, right and you know like I think a lot of times it is these women who leave because of you know They're having children or whatever it is they leave the workforce for and they're trying to come back. But I think it's important for companies to not have that mindset of, well, they need to start at square one again. Like that should not be the mentality. It's, you know, yeah, you've lost like several years, but it should be pick up right back where they, you know, left off. And by taking them back a few steps, they have a much longer hurdle to get through to get back up to the top. So I think you know, and we see that, and it's like a lot of companies who come to us and think that, oh, these women just must be cheaper because they've been out of the workforce for so long. Well, should they be starting at this level? No, they should be back here at that mid level that they left at. So I think that's a really important point too, because it does disproportionately affect women.
1: Yeah, I I, I totally agree with that that point, Runa. I I just can't imagine that here. You know the the skills that that you gained um, that that uh, you know I don't know what timeframes you're you're talking about but uh, they're not going to atrophy uh, like yeah, that exactly. and and you um, know you know what I find is that uh, you know most uh, bright accomplished people quickly get back up to speed exactly. even if they've taken a little time off.
2: That's exactly right.
0: So, so Matt, what advice would you give to other executives who are trying to create more gender diversity on their leadership teams or in their organizations?
1: Yeah, you know, the, the one of the uh, the things that uh, we valued a lot at Gut Check was this idea of intellectual honesty, and I, I think you know if you're if you're trying to create more diversity in the the work. Uh, place as an executive you need to sit down and uh do a little reflection in terms of why it's not more diverse right and be be very real about that and i i would then uh lean on people that are in my organization that are critical thinkers and are going to be honest with me uh that have uh, a a more diverse uh, point of view on the world and uh tell me what they think the barriers are for why uh the organization's not not more diverse and I I think it's that simple and then it's uh you know depending on how big the putt is or how difficult the putt is you know there's there's probably a decent amount of change management uh, that needs to go go on there uh in in terms of uh, pivoting harder in, into diversity and angela i'm sure you can give her dissertation on on that topic <laughs> at uh, some other some other pod that, that you that you have but I, I think that's very real you know you want to be mindful of the people that are going to support that that move you're going to want to be mindful of the uh the detractors of that move and then i would say you know it's it, it's like anything Right. If, if it's that important, just have focus on it. Right. If you believe that diversity is going to be better for your business then there's going to be better business value created uh, with it, which we all do or wouldn't be chatting here today, I suspect. <laughs> but, you know, you've got to make it an evergreen rock. You've got to make it an evergreen OKR, whatever your uh you know your your strategic framework is you've got to make it an evergreen thing that's important in nature and you've got to support it the right way from a resource perspective and then you have to be uh, vocal about it and you need to uh, not only talk about it a lot but you've got to be an example of what good looks like and so I think you know if if uh, if somebody uh, were uh, to come to me and ask me for my advice on the topic that's what I would say I mean there's there's no shortage of opinions on this matter of things to do to make your your workforce more more diverse. But it comes that down to uh, it comes down to some very basic things in my mind. It's like, how do you run a business the right way? And how do you drive uh, success? And it's through a lot of focus and a lot of hard decisions and resourcing things the right way. It's the the basic principles of building a business.
0: I love that, Matt. Uh, So often it just comes back to like the basics. Just bring it back to the basics. Get the best people for the job. Focus on what you need to focus on to make your business successful. It's really simple. And, and, you know, if you're not getting the best people for the job, make sure that your pool, (laughs) make sure that you're looking in the right pools. Um, Uh, Yeah, I
1: think that's right. You've got to look at the whole recruiting cycle uh, there, right? And you've got to look at it from where you're sourcing from, and then you've got to look at it through the the interview process. Are you asking questions other than just, uh, you know, skills and knowledge kind of questions? Are you asking the values-based questions? And I think if you're really diligent about that, you are going to end up with the right people.
0: Yeah. So, Matt with that any final thoughts that you want to leave our listeners or viewers with
1: No th- this is a lot of fun I I really appreciate the the opportunity just to, to speak with you Rin and uh, to speak with you Angela it's uh, Uh, It's a a great uh, thing, what you guys are doing, and I look forward to listening a lot more of your podcasts in the future.
0: (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode of Grow Her Women, Worth, and Work. Thank you, Matt, for taking the time. I know you're super busy, so I appreciate you sharing your journey as an ally with us. um, And we really appreciate the time. It's been a great conversation.
1: Uh, It was a pleasure. Thank you.
0: Thank
2: you.